Okay, we're live. Welcome everyone to this first live Q&A in the new Commit to Six group. Hi. Hi. Why was there why was there a gasp there, Andy? I don't know. I was just taking an inhaling. <gasps> so, it's just breathing deeply. Okay, yep. if anyone has any questions live, fire them away. We've got some questions to go over. We also have a bit of a topic to start with. Shona, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shucks so in. during the last Q and A, um, it was like the usual top bants from Emma, Andy, and I, and Andy, in his usual like just no filter style, um, maybe came out with a couple of words that were a bit problematic. Um, no pause. And yeah. And um, yeah, we just wanted to discuss that. Uh, we don't judge Andy. We're not angry at Andy, but we just wanted to like talk about it. Yeah, and so- I, I think like obviously Andy and I have spoken about this, and being able to come out and be like, "I'm sorry, I didn't know. I want to learn, and mm. I'm and I'm not going to do it again." Like that, I think that's huge, and I think that's the problem with all this like cancel culture of almost like you can't say anything and you're worried about saying anything and actually this is part of learning and I spoke to Chloe about this and she was talking about how you you have to stay up to date with these things and actually words that previously weren't offensive are now offensive or vice versa and things change and people want to be called different things and you have to just stay up to date with how how we should be talking so um yeah I guess we wanted to touch on that and then obviously apologize to anyone who found that offensive 100 percent um, I was actually just, you know what? It's exactly as you said. It's about for it's about learning and moving on and understanding why you don't use these terms and being pulled up on it. You know, I have no issue with that at all. And the 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 lady who pulled me up on it was so nice and so understanding. And I was like actually properly devastated because it was a proper brain fart. Like it wasn't until she messaged me and said that I was like, I can't believe I just used those two words. Like. I should a should know better. B, I'm absolutely devastated. That I've actually offended somebody. Like I swear a lot, a lot of the time, but I never ever go out my way to offend anybody. So you know, to be being pulled up on that. You know, I, it needed to happen. I needed to be told that. And you know, the best thing for me is to to move on and learn from this and understand it. But the the fact that she was so understanding and so empathetic towards me makes it you know rather than screaming and shouting and um calling your names under the sun i think you, people understand that a bit better and certainly me like if somebody's come at me attacking me with something i'd have probably went on the defensive but because she was just so open about it i was like actually i can't believe i said that and pr- apologize massively for anybody that was offended by it um, and i promise that i will be more thoughtful moving forward about what i say and that's pretty much all i can that's yeah all like, I can we're all human say. and we all make mistakes mm. and that's just part of it but this was like a lesson in how to change someone's mind as well like the way she approached it and she was like by the way you said this i don't think you understand what the consequences yeah. of that are and like maybe you want to change. it wasn't even that she just sort of brought it up and she was like by the way i love the podcast love everything you do just thought i would mention that and she's mm-hmm. so so nice about it and that's how you change someone's mind like calling people out in like an aggressive or like shaming type way is never going to change someone's mind whereas if you're like here's some information that you might want to know 
there you go. 100%. Yeah, what was great about it was that she actually explained why it was offensive as well. Because there's been times where like stuff has been said on the podcast and someone's messaged Emma saying, you are this. And like Emma's been like, oh, I'm really sorry. Um, Can you explain to me why, like what I've said? And, and there's just been no follow up. So I think it's great this person is actually like educated as well, um, educating Dandy as well. And what I was going to say was um, what I love in people that I look up to uh, is like recognising your mistakes and knowing that you're not perfect and that we can always learn um, instead of just being like, oh, well, that's me now. That's the way I am. That's who I am. Deal with yeah, it. Deal with and it. Deal with it. Deal if with you're it. offensive, if you it's your own. Oh, no. Yeah, like if you're offended, it's your own problem. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's not that's not how life works, unfortunately. And as much as I want to I come across as being a bit of a hard nosed sod at times, you know, I, the last thing I want to do is offend anybody. And like, you know, actually, as I said, me, I messaged them straight away. I was absolutely devastated. Like, honestly, like I was pff, kind of one of those ones where I don't really do too much thinking, but I was doing a lot of thinking after that. So, you know, a th- lot of thinking, learn from it, and it's. For me to now put that into action and and to be smarter about what I say moving forward. Andy is like the the loveliest, sweetest person in the world. You were like the first person to send Cormac a present out of like everyone in my life. And you sent him like a big cuddly elephant. So I think that kind of sums up who you are. Yeah, You're a really, really it, thoughtful um... person. Was it Claire that like shared some of your feedback the other day and was like buzzing about it? And then like I got I shared that on my story as well because she tagged me and I got loads of people replying being like, "People think Andy's tough love, but he's not." And I'm like, "Yeah, he's really not. Like <laughs> he is when you need it, but like a lot of the time it's it's yeah." Honestly, I think a lot of the time people think they need tough love, and in actual fact they don't. They just need an arm around the shoulder and a bit coaxing into this is what you need to do. Like tough loves, like. Yeah, like I, I'll be honest with you, I'm 100% on that. I prefer to be to hear criticism. That's what I I prefer. That cause I I understand that more than I understand praise. I don't. It's just something that I've been like that since I've been a kid. Um, I want to know what I can do better in this situation. I want to know what I can do better, what I can learn from, and how I can move forward with it. Um, so yeah, but nah, it's um, tough love is uh, tough love is generally not what I give. So. Yeah, I think it's funny because I think the people who think they need tough love, like you're saying, actually need a bit of like... They're generally being hard on themselves. Yeah, they're too hard on themselves and that's what they think motivates them. But actually that, you know, bullying yourself into change tends not to work. So it's not normally what what people actually need. Um, Shona, you had some really interesting thoughts on Laurel Hubbard. Oh, thanks for dropping me in. <laughs> you know, just in case, like, we hadn't That's spoken about too many. Do you know what else we could talk about? The post I put up today. Right, okay, let's talk about Laurel Hubbard first. But um, I uh, I hadn't actually, like, seen this person before. I just knew, like, the story. And the story was that Laurel Hubbard is a transgender woman who's competing in the Olympic weightlifting there was controversy about it because obviously uh, she has competed as a man and um, there's like obviously advantages there Um, and then there was stories coming out about how her competing has knocked someone else out of the spot because obviously like that happened and I had made up my mind 
that I was like, nope, this isn't right. I don't agree with it at all. And then interestingly enough, like I've watched some weightlifting, but I haven't watched it all, but I definitely tuned into the 87 plus. Like I assume you were the same, Andy. Did you watch it? I never, I saw the highlights of it, but I didn't see it as it went. And I wonder like, why did I feel the need to tune in to just that one? I was like, what am I watching here? It is history. Like this is, you know, like in some ways it's just like incredible. Even if you're not into weightlifting or into sport at all, it's like, that's a that's a marker in history whether you're for it or against it it's still like actually quite an amazing thing that's never happened before you're right you're right okay well maybe it was that um and then so I watched it and unfortunately she bombed out so and weightlifting you can't compete in the cleaning jerk if you like miss all your snatch so she missed all her snatches and you could see the pain in her face you could see like how disappointed she was and that just totally changed my opinion on the whole situation because I just saw the human behind it and I could put myself in her shoes and how I would feel um and yeah I just think there's a complete lack of that oh yeah when it comes to these situations I think this is the whole discussion around it and unfortunately it's based on her like she's like the scapegoat for it really when really the discussion is transgender women in sport not laurel hubbard competing in the olympics no. which is what it's turned into and and so much pressure. i'm not surprised she bombed out because so much pressure and i think it's just it's really easy to forget when you're like behind your phone or like on a keyboard like typing away about something when that's a person like mm-hmm. it, you know there are actual people who this actually influences and i think that it's just in a way like quite nice to see that like when actually you see someone as a person and you see how disappointed they are I think it's not nice to seem disappointed but maybe people will like rethink how they speak about people it's such a tough subject because obviously it's very much you're looking at the person but then you look at the science and stuff behind it as well about the advantages etc and for me there is no right answer here like we are there is no right answer um, and it's such a difficult topic to come across, like, you know, because as exactly as you said, it seems, seems to me like um, she's been made to be the scapegoat for everything that's going on. And it's like, wait a minute, we, like, that's not how that's not how sport should be. Um, you know, so it's so tough. Be. It is like there are some really odd disparities. Is that the right word? Disparities? Dis- discrepancies. Yeah, discrepancies. Mm. Like the fact that Castus Menya is not allowed to compete. But, I know, but that I know that's, it's, a different it's sport. down to the individual sport. So it's weightlifting as a federation that have decided that. Yeah, um, but it's, it's crazy that the advantage, like, oh, weight, no yeah. advantage in I weightlifting, know. only an advantage well, think... in certain sports. And do you know what else is so, so strange? I can't get my head around it. You're allowed to be, a, is it DST? Anyway, like the, so Castus Menya has testes, but is a woman. So she's, hermaphrodite i think but i think they call them dst i can't remember what it stands for and i should probably know this and i'm very sorry if i'm offending anyone oh god maybe we should move on but anyway <laughs> these athletes can compete in the 100 and the 200 but nothing up from that i think it's one two maybe four but definitely not anything from 800 up which is mad because i would actually think they would have more advantage, more advantage in the shorter ones yeah yeah, well, I mean, there's still there's huge advantage no matter what, but I would have thought the strength advantage related to testosterone would be larger in like strength sports, mm-hmm. like hundred meters, two hundred meters, 
And like I watched the hundred meters and the woman that won it is so close to the hundred meter world record, which we all like nobody officially knows, but like definitely drugs like there was definitely drugs involved in that. And I just think like it Yeah, I think coming from such a naive background of like loving athletics and now I'm like I really feel like a lot of these performances are not Natural. You need just to look at the men's 100 metres and the number of times in the top 50 that have been scratched off. There's not many that are left in there. Yeah. Yeah, like, wasn't there one, like, when, was it Ben Johnson won or Carl Lewis? And it was like, when you look back now, every single one of them has been, like, in that final, has been called yeah. for drugs, apart from one, apart, I think. Apart <laughs> like, from the winner. Apart from the winner. What, Carl Lewis? Yeah. Yeah, but then I think that was like yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They were they was this it was a Canadian scapegoat because the US was it not it was a Canadian was it the way that it worked, did he not did Ben Johnson not win and got disqualified? I, I actually remember. can't remember. I read a whole book on this. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember now. It's just because it, that's obviously why the whole um the sort of PED laws and stuff came into America was because of the early Olympics. That's why it's become such a massive thing. Well, so yeah, well, interesting. What else have but, people yeah. been enjoying? Is get, it's like just get into new sports. Like just put that one in the bin, and let's get into new sports like skateboarding. Yeah, I bet there's less drugs in skateboarding, and because it's such a skill, <laughs> like, like I don't think that testosterone is going to help you skateboard better no did you see how cool that little 13 year old is so cool she's like the coolest person in the uk no oh, genuinely the skateboarding would be 100 percent. so you've passed all your tests for um all the steroid stuff however you're over your nut on marijuana <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> stoned as a motherfucker do you know what i found quite weird is i was really excited about the the surfing crap oh i think it looks really cool oh i, I thought this, the waves were crap like it looked messy no i just think at times there are certain sports that shouldn't really be in the olympics <laughs> also like, love that i'm like crap like i once stood up on a <laughs> i once stood up on a surfboard for five seconds then ridiculous <laughs> Now I think there's like I, I just think that the Olympics has went down the avenue of as how many people can watch to get the money in because like stuff sports like football and golf and tennis like these the Olympics are not the pinnacle of their sports and they're all being paid huge amounts of money whereas somebody like um, uh, somebody who's a sprinter who's potentially making like forty grand a year fifty grand a year basically right, is going up against like they're, they're competing against people who are making 60 70 grand a week it's not the same it's not because i thought as well, they're not always supposed to be them, are they? Unless... technically amateur that's what olympics always was wasn't it, it was amateur amateur sport and football is professional and i know that sprinting is now a professional sport as well because they get paid for it but it's nowhere near the same money yeah i do think it's odd it's more just like whoever wins the football at the olympics i'm sure they care a bit but it's not like it's not the same as winning the world cup whereas for most like true olympic sports that is the pinnacle of the achievement is winning the olympic games yeah 
You've just offended whoever won gold in the football. <laughs> I don't think it's been played yet, actually. I think it's whoever will win gold. Canada versus Sweden. But it's, it's not really offensive, though, is it? Like, would you rather win the Olympics in football or the World Cup? Like, the World Cup's the biggest thing. I'm not saying it's not an amazing achievement. No, I, I would 100% agree with you. If you were, like, if you go and ask a footballer, if you ask a, any young aspiring footballer, what is your dream in football? It's not they'll win the Olympics. Play Probably for Man the U. Or the World Cup. Yeah, it's not going to be the Olympics. Whereas a rower, what's your dream as aspirations as a rower? I want to be at the Olympics, I want to win a gold medal. Totally, completely different viewpoints and goals at the end of it. Listen to the three of us, like, talking about how going to the Olympics, not that impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I never said that. <laughs> Something I didn't say, stop it. <laughs> God, how much hate can we get today? Right, can I okay. Tell you one more like cute thing that okay, this is like much more lighthearted. But just before we started, like Emma was Emma was half an hour late starting this podcast. Just saying. So I was watching. Oh, sorry, um, guys. <laughs> I was watching the show jumping, like the horse jumping thing, um, and they were saying that there was like this big statue of a sumo wrestler in the middle of the the paddock, um, and they had to move it. The, pa- the paddock, you know. The I mean, paddock, I yes, yes, the, yes, the darling. Right um, there was a big statue of a sumo wrestler and it's like bent over and obviously sumo wrestlers wear thongs and they had to move it because the big bum was scaring the horses. That's why I don't go near horses. <laughs> yeah, so your big bum scares them? Freaks them out. They just get intimidated by look my glutes. Look at the size of that mound. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, shall we answer some questions? Yeah. I also sure. found out today that quite a lot of my followers, well, quite a lot, three maybe, homophobic. They clearly haven't been paying much attention as well. I'm like, uh, wait a minute, how does that work? <laughs> yeah. Mm, okay. Right. Um, I liked the bit where um, the person was like, stop thinking about me. And you were like, <laughs> guarantee, hun. I'm not thinking about you. And then, how cute is Ashley? I know, Ashley Ashley in there backing me up. Stop being mean to Emma. I was like, I love you, Ashley. You are so cute. She's so cute. (laughs) Yeah, I especially like the man who was like, who was like, um, I'm, no, he was like, I am homophobic, which one? Like, who actually comes out and says that? But anyway, (laughs) she's like, I am homophobic and I don't get turned on by gay porn. And I'm like, Sounds like someone's been watching gay porn. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh. I can't believe someone was like, I am homophobic and I'm offended. <laughs> Is yeah. that like one of those Think about like, people's I'm feelings. I'm not, I'm not homophobic, but. Yeah. No, but he was like, oh, no, I am homophobic. Oh, right. So, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's like, I identify as homophobic and also gay porn Actually, doesn't no. turn me on. Anyway, or a twat. <laughs> so twenty minutes in, and question one. <clears throat> question one, right? Okay. Um, Andy, do you want to go first, or will I go first? You got one there, because I've got one here. Oh, oh, after you, after you, Andy, you go first. Um, okay. Everyone always says to do it for yourself, and I get the point of this, and honestly agree, and would say the same. But how do you do things for yourself if the relationship with yourself? isn't the best 
and you'd rather punish yourself in some way rather than do your uh, there's so many yourselves in this in, <laughs> in some way than do things that are good for you and show up for you oh this is oh. this is a really good question and i also think that this is and this is going to be quite stereotypical but like i think a lot of mums kind of feel like this where they're like their whole life is basically geared around doing things for other people but realizing and i've spoken about this so much that people are probably bored of it but if you're <clears throat> like investing in yourself and bettering yourself you turn up as a better person a better mum a better coworker a better friend for everyone else around you so you can actually think of an investment in yourself or doing things for yourself <clears throat> something in my throat sorry as like benefiting everyone else if you need to frame it in that way in your head to do it like okay i'm bettering myself so that you know I'm, I'm eating well i'm exercising and i'm doing all these things so that i turn up at my best for everyone else around me great like if that's your bigger goal if that's your bigger purpose if you're a happier healthier mum your kids probably can ask for much more. Like I know at the moment they maybe want like football boots or X, Y, and Z, but realistically, like when they're old enough to know what real values are, they're going to value a happy, healthy mum over anything else. Mm-hmm. I also think it's such a great um, influence for you. Like, so presumably this person's on commit to six. Yep. And imagine, imagine how many people like see their parent or mum do something like that, like actually like investing in themselves, exercising, eating well. That is such like a great influence on your children. So just more of that. More yeah, of that. that works as well, even if, yeah. you don't, if you don't have kids as well. You know, mm-hmm. just it's like that. And you know, we always talk about self-motivation comes from sort of just being disciplined with things. But also... I think maybe need you maybe need to start having a look at the relationship that you have with yourself starting off. So, you know, why are you being hard on yourself? Why are you why are you punishing yourself? What is the reason behind it? And it's maybe something that you maybe need to go and have a chat, maybe need to go and speak to a therapist or a counselor and just have a wee chat with somebody and see if you can get to the bottom of these things. You know, we talk about this a lot about um outsourcing. So, you know, if I have some, if I somebody comes to me for like sort of physio work, I'll send them to Shona that I work with. If it's yoga and or CrossFit, you're you're the person I would send them to Shona. You know, um, anything educational wise, who's unbelievably brainiac is Emma. So like, and I'm just like, yeah, just everybody else deal with it. But nah, I think it's it's about outsourcing, and I think maybe speaking to somebody about that's maybe going to be a good idea, just to maybe get a handle on where it's all coming from. I don't know if Shona would agree with this, but probably the best money I've ever spent, therapy. 100%. Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, like it, it's just so useful. Even if you don't feel like you're particularly struggling with anything. In fact, I actually think it's more useful when you're not because you're not dealing with a hell of a lot. And actually it gives you way more like space to sort of introspect a little bit. And, and I'd more see it as a way of, I think there's the whole stigma around it of, oh, well, you must really be going through something awful if you have to go to therapy. I actually just think it's one of the best ways to for self-improvement. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to improve yourself, if you want to start questioning your own narratives, like, the way that you've asked this question as well, you quite clearly know that that's not really conducive to getting results. Like, that mindset isn't helpful. And I think mm-hmm. even if outright I said, like, do you think people can change their mindset? You'd be like, yeah but you don't really believe that because just even the way that that's written, like, oh, this is how I think. No, this is how you think now. 
it doesn't mean that you like you can't change the way that you think and actually understanding that and realizing that and being like yeah if 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 this like narrative that i'm telling myself isn't useful to me and isn't true then i can change it but you need to start questioning it you don't have to go to therapy to do that It'd probably fast track it it's probably easier but you can do things like journal like like andy's saying like this is a really big question that everyone will avoid but why do you feel that way why don't you like yourself why don't you think that you're worthy of doing something for yourself that's a massive question and you won't have the answer off the top of your head but if you start asking yourself why and asking yourself why again and why again until you get to a decent answer not just flippantly like oh it's just because i've always felt this way or oh it's just because i don't think i'm good enough like you're you're basically just rewording the question no you need to figure out what your actual why is why don't you think that you're worth that because you absolutely are if you look at other people you'd be like oh yeah they're all worth it so why don't you think that about yourself that's that's the question you need to start asking yourself but that's the question that most people avoid yeah very much so um okay we've got a couple of things on the live what better viewing than you three to distract my mind from the fact i have 60 grams of raisins in front of me <laughs> i don't really understand the <laughs> i know what's so bad about the raisins Oh, I get that. They give me the fear. Ugh. Yeah, and Sarah's just said therapy and PT are the best spends. Yeah, and I just think I'd really like advocate of reducing the stigma around therapy. And like, I even see it in people's faces. Like, I met a friend who I haven't seen in ages today in the gym. We were talking about my back and we were talking about numerous things. And she's like, oh, like you, like you don't train as much as you used to train. Like, how are you feeling about that? And I was like, oh, I'm absolutely fine, actually. Like, and I kind of would push through that with my back, but blah, blah, blah. And I was saying I went to therapy and like you could see in her face she was a bit like like shocked by it and mm-hmm. I think there is still that and I think just the more people that speak about it and also like you, yeah like I said you don't have to be at rock bottom yeah to go it's and... kind of like it, how people's attitude towards getting a personal trainer has changed because I remember like back in the day someone would be like oh I've got a personal trainer and their the friends and fan, family reaction would be like Oh, but you don't need a personal trainer. You don't need to lose weight. But there's so many more reasons why you would have a coach or a personal trainer. And it's the same with therapy. Mm. Like, you don't na- necessarily need to be struggling. Yeah, you don't like, necessarily oh, need depressed. to be, like, massively unhappy. It might just be, like, another form of self-development. And you, I personally have learned so much about myself from getting therapy. It's just brilliant. Yeah, and I would say in the last five years or so, it's probably the best like thing i've done to improve my coaching as well even though it wasn't for that like it was for myself but it just mm-hmm. makes you so much more aware mm-hmm. a lot of it's about being proactive though isn't it it's about seeking things out when you as exactly as you said emma when you know you're in a good place and it means that when something maybe comes up that you're better you're better prepared to deal with it rather than reacting to something that's come up and kicked you in the arse so prevention is better than a cure Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. To answer another question. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Um, okay. Um, skipping breakfast. If your goal is fat loss, ultimately to build muscle, how detrimental would it be to skip breakfast? More so, I have calories left later in the day when I'm not as busy and tend to snack. Or should I just remove snacks and just have three meals? Depends on what works for you, but if you're trying to build muscle, skipping out on breakfast and getting the protein in at that time is potentially going to be detrimental to the recovery, repair, and the building of muscle. 
Um, you know, I I'm when I'm kind of trying to cut body fat, I will generally when I say when I say I know a lot of folk class fasting has been like completely nothing touches their nothing touches their lips, but when I'm fasting, if when I start to cut a bit of body fat, I'll generally have a protein shake in the morning, which technically is breaking the fast because there's obviously calories in it, but it's just not eating. It's something simple to get in. It's got protein in it and you work it that way. And I think a lot of this stuff's just about we're finding out what works for you and tinkering and tailoring with it, uh, tailoring it, and manipulating it to be able to fit into your life and fit around your goals. Um, but I would say that if you're trying to build muscle, it's probably not going to be the optimal way of going around your setting up your nutrition yeah i i totally agree and i think there there are benefits to skipping breakfast but as andy's saying you can get most of them from just having a protein shake or even i would argue just having a set breakfast that you have every day and getting into a routine you don't necessarily have to not eat it can just be that you've got that structure there and every day you have the same breakfast or the same kind of breakfast maybe you change the fruit that you're having with it I think that's probably a better approach, especially if building muscle is your goal. And especially if you're training at any time, like during the morning, I think a lot of people try and do that. Like, oh yeah, I train and then I like don't eat until lunchtime. Definitely not optimal. Um, and, and often what happens is if you don't eat breakfast, you can overeat at lunch sometimes. So there's that consideration to make as well. But yeah, figuring out what works for you. Um, and and I think actually just having a standard breakfast is is pretty good. Like if you're on the go or you just need that routine element. Mm-hmm. Yep. I actually like to have a really small breakfast so that I can eat more later in the day. Like I like to feel really full after my dinner. Um, yeah, I like so, that as well. Yeah. And so. during the day you're kind of busy and you're picking at stuff. And like I actually don't mind having a really boring diet during the day. But I want to look forward to something a little bit like something yeah. that I really want in the evening. That's exactly how I do it as well. First thing for me is a shake, nice and simple. And it's virtually the same lunches every day. Like just because I know what's in them, protein, calories. I know I'm getting in some greens and stuff from my vegetables as well. See, I'm getting my, oh, guess what? I've had my greens today. This week has been cabbage, leek, kale, Red onions, white onions. Um, there's something else as well. Uh, I don't know if white onions count that much, but yeah. I, I love onions. Yeah, but I just think they're not like... <laughs> you sound like Shrek. Uh, onions are like... Ogres are like onions. We have layers. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely one of the best lines of the film. <laughs> That's cute. He's like, white onions... Red onions, <laughs> French onions, green onions, <laughs> French. <laughs> what about Andy? What about a shallot? Shallots. <laughs> Ever had a shallot? shallot? I, I actually do. Shallots are very nice. I usually put them in my curries, actually. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. Very Finely nice. sliced. There um, you go, guys. Okay, okay. Um, right. Again. I feel hungrier as the week goes on, especially if Saturday and Sunday have been rest days. So this generally, they, so then generally I do five workouts Monday to Friday. Sometimes I take a day off in the week and one at the weekend, so I do mix it up. I find I eat a bit more at the weekends. I'm pretty much sticking to 1,600 calories, but Thursday evenings are where I find myself starting to scratch about for food. Uh, 
in the interest of transparency, the last two weekends I went over on calories due to alcohol and the snacking that goes on with it. I then got straight back on 1,600 calories, but noticed towards the end of the week that I'd been getting hungrier. So I basically said on this one, it sounds a little bit uh, that the snacking's in your head because you know that you're getting to Friday, Saturday, where previously you've been doing extra snacking, having some alcohol, and it comes to that one where it's, it's that same thing as where everybody gives it, it's finally it's Friday. I can crack the wines out or I can crack the beers out. And that's generally how your head starts to think, especially because you're every week it's Monday. It's not like the week changes. It's Monday to Sunday. So about Thursday, Friday, people start going, oh, it's time for beers. It's time for snacks. So your head continually does that until you start kicking itself out of it. Yeah, I think there's definitely a psychological element there. I think also sometimes it's tiredness. Like by the end of the week, you're pretty tired and, you know, you're decisions probably a little bit poorer we know that being fatigued or not sleeping as well or being tired makes it harder to stick to your diet on numerous levels or really just harder to do anything so that could be an element as well but it's it's good that you've noticed this because one like Andy's saying probably some of it is psychological of like oh we're getting to the end of the week it's friday and part of it might be fatigue but knowing that that's when you tend to slip up you can put things in place the other thing could just be that by that stage of the week like maybe your deficit is a little bit too big and actually maybe increasing your calories slightly so that you're not overeating and not over hungry by the time you get to friday could also be a consideration to make so all all of those things but yeah 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 okay that's me done my questions on okay this. great so so final question for today because i've uh, missed time something massively <laughs> guys sorry to everyone but basically my mum needed a lift somewhere and it was very anyway there's a long story behind it but <laughs> that and now i've got a bloody webinar at two and i totally forgot about it oh no i know right do we want a question on muscle memory fiber hip thrusts oh Oof. fiber fiber okay uh, what is what is a good fiber target for overall health i know fiber helps changing the feel- question i want no I'm joking don't like that one moving on <laughs> next, next. next. <laughs> i know that by hitting my protein target i know i'm getting fiber by hitting my fruit and veg goal but is that something i should be watching in addition to the non-negotiables should you worry about fiber is essentially the question mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so the reason that we don't give you a specific fiber target is because we don't want to overcomplicate things and also because if you're eating six portions of fruit and veg a day you'll already hit your fiber target so you don't really need to worry about it specifically or worry about those numbers and more broadly like this is why we don't set you like specific targets for carbs and fats and fiber and exact numbers of things because it really doesn't matter and you can massively overcomplicate things and it just it makes your diet way less enjoyable to stick to and i think when you are fixated on these numbers you forget to like enjoy foods whereas if you're just like oh yeah so today i'm gonna get in six fruit and veg cool i know that that hits my fiber target for me and i don't really need to worry about that do you guys think about fiber at all (laughs) andy's just like getting into fiber (laughs) yeah yeah i'm just literally like this week it's fine (laughs) 
I just don't. I just don't do fruit. I do fiber, fruit and fiber, nuts, not fruit. Fruit and fiber. Uh, and the breakfast. Bran flakes. That that gives me oh that raisins and sultanas just give me oh, fear. I love fruit and fiber with the little flakes of like coconut. I take the flakes of coconut, but you can have the raisin. It's the same thing as when, like, see when you get carrot cake. It's so disappointing when somebody's put raisins in it. Andy, no, they're Genuinely, the best bit. Oh my god, I love. It's also sultanas. Just gonna roll it off the plate and throw it on the floor. Oh my god, they are literally the best bit. And anything enough. that is like cooked with with sultanas, and they get like some of the juice in them, and they, oh, it's the best. I put it in loads of um. Like savoury food as well. Just a Swipe sprinkle left. of sultanas on the top of your bolognese. <laughs> Swipe left. Swipe left. <laughs> no. I'm quite passionate about sultanas, so. I'm yeah. passionate in the opposite sense. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you so much for your time. We will be back thank later you. in the week because this has been a little bit of a. I don't know. Shorty. Short, short and sweet. <laughs> short and sweet. To the point. Not to the point. Because we took twenty minutes to ask the first question. I'm going to put a question <laughs> post up um, in the group for you guys, so you can ask any questions, and we will come back at the end of the week to answer them. But bon- I was going to say bonjour, but that's hello. So bye. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir.